0: This morning we invite you to the Book of Philippians, Chapter Two, some familiar verses, verses twelve and thirteen. Philippians Chapter Two, and verses twelve and thirteen. We want to read to you. The Apostle Paul is the author of this book, and he's the one he is writing to the Philippians. And beginning with verse twelve, he writes, "Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed." not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good measure. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of these verses. This morning I'd like for us to consider the following statement, or draw your attention to the following statement. And that is the statement that is found in verse 12. Work out your own salvation. And in so doing, I would ask some questions about this statement that the Apostle Paul makes. First of all, to whom is it directed? Secondly, what is the subject here? Uh, and fourth, or third, what does it mean? <laughs> and then fourth, how should it be done? to whom what is the subject what does it mean and how should it be done let's consider first of all to whom our text uh, is directed in verse number 12 the apostle paul he writes wherefore my beloved as you have always obeyed not as in my presence only but now much more my absence Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, we would draw your attention to the very beginning of our text here, for it tells us uh, who this statement is made to. He writes, Wherefore, my beloved, my beloved, Paul here, he describes those to whom he is writing to with that of very, very strong affection. He calls them beloved, my beloved. And indeed, the saints at Philippi, they were dear unto the Apostle Paul. As we think about back there in the book of Acts and that of the occasion upon uh, which uh, the church was established, there was great. Difficulty, uh, in the beginning but uh, God worked marvelously there in the city of Philippi and there were those that came to faith in Jesus Christ uh, and Paul saw an assembly of God's saints established there and they were dear to his heart they had helped him uh, upon various occasions uh, there were uh, there was a time which he makes mention of in the epistle. Uh, they kind of uh, backed off on that of their assistance unto him, but their assistance had flourished uh, once again, uh, he makes mention of in the latter part of uh, the epistle. So they were they were ones who were dear unto him. Now, as we look back in that of the epistle, and especially back to the very beginning of the epistle, we are given much more detail as to who uh, or to whom these words are uh, directed. Verse number one of the epistle, Paul begins this matter, he says, Paul and Timotheus, the servant of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Here Paul gives uh, that of uh, identification of himself and the one who was with him, and then uh, he identifies those to whom he is addressing this letter to. And you note he says to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with or we might read along with the bishops and deacons so it's the letters addressed to the saints at philippi we see that there are bishops and uh, deacons uh that are amongst that of these uh saints that are spoken of here which of course would indicate uh that uh, there at philippi there was indeed that of an assembly of god's saints as we come on forward in the a book paul here uh he identifies them as ones whom God had done a work in. Verse 6, he says, Being confident of this very thing, which he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. These were ones whom God had done a work of grace uh, uh, in. They were saints of God, they were recipients of that of God's marvelous uh, work of grace. However, as we go on a little bit further in the book, we see that there was somewhat of some difficulty amongst that of the saints here at Philippi. I would draw your attention to the very last few verses of chapter 1. He calls upon them, or exhorts them. He says, "...only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ." That whether I come and see you or be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Having the same conflict with which we saw, which you saw in me, and now here to be in me. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of spirit, if any vows and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let it nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Here in these verses, the Apostle Paul, he calls upon the saints of God uh, to live uh, that of a life that would become uh, that of the gospel of, of Christ, which they professed. And then in chapter 2, in the very first few verses, he calls them to love. He calls them uh, to that of uh, mercy, uh, expressions of mercies, uh, that of joy, uh, being like-minded, of one mind. And then you note in verses 3 and 4, he says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Here is where, in these latter two verses, that we see that seemingly from these verses that Paul kind of hints at that of the fact that there was some difficulty in amongst that of the saints there at Philippi, and uh, it was expressed through that of some strife, perhaps strife, perhaps. Uh, some that were uh, proud, uh, lifted up, uh, puffed up maybe, and then uh, there were some that perhaps were showing some selfishness. Uh, And so Paul, uh, in exhorting them to not be that way, alludes to that of the fact that possibly some of this was taking place there amongst that of the saints. Then in verses 5 through that of verse 11, Paul, he then gives them that of the example of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and uh, how that he exhorts them. He says, let this mind be in you which was in Christ and how that he came, how that he took on the form of human flesh, how that he humbled himself and gave of himself. And of course, in so doing, he was reminding them of that of what they were also to follow in. And then we come to that of our text. Now, as we look back over that of what we've just read, we have more of an understanding, I believe, of that of the situation. Not only that of the circumstances of the situation, but also of to whom... Paul is writing to. To whom he addresses that of this statement, work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. Now, having addressed that of to whom the statement is addressed to, let's think about or consider what is the subject or that of the focus of That of our text or that of the statement? First of all, as we think of the statement, we would tell you that what we have here is is a command that Paul makes here. It's a command that he gives unto these dear saints at Philippi. And the command is, work out your own salvation. So, That is the subject or the focus of the text. That of working out one's own salvation. Now as we think about or consider that of the focus here, I would have us consider the other word salvation that is found in the statement. The word salvation in scripture is a word that has That of a broad meaning. What we mean by this is that it is used in a very broad way. It's used in a sense of that of deliverance or that of rescue. In a sense of a physical rescue or deliverance. And this is, of course... Seen over in the book of the Old Testament. Over in the Old Testament. Jonah. He cried out. Salvation is of the Lord. Now. uh, Normally. uh, We think of that statement by Jonah. uh, Salvation of the Lord. uh, Alluding to that fact of salvation. uh, Spiritual salvation is of the Lord. And that is true. Eternal salvation. That of salvation from sin. uh, Is. Of the Lord. But in actual context. In the exact. uh, That book there. The book of Jonah. When Jonah cries out. Salvation is of the Lord. Jonah. Is in the belly of a great fish. And so. The salvation that he is speaking of there. First and foremost. Is that of a. Physical salvation. Or a physical. Salvation. Uh, deliverance from that of the large fish. He knew that if he was going to be delivered from the belly of that large fish it was going to have to be the Lord that would deliver him. But not only do we see that example which was the first one that came to mind as I was thinking but as we look back further into the Old Testament we think of that of the Israelites and that of that of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. How that Pharaoh and his army, they went after that of the Israelites when they went to leave that of the land of Egypt. In Exodus chapter 14, we're told, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever now the context to that verse is that the Israelites they were in their journey out of that of the land of Egypt and they came up to that of river that of Red Sea we had that of a big mountain and they were hemmed in by that of the Egyptians. The Lord, through Moses, told the Israelites, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now again, we have the word salvation. And again, we have Another example of salvation in that broad sense, in a physical sense of deliverance. Of course, we know the children of Israel, they were delivered uh, physically from out of the hands of the Egyptians. Another passage in Exodus 15 where they sang the song of Moses The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God, and I. Will exalt him again. The word salvation is once again used here uh, with regards to that physical salvation that the Israelites had experienced. But not only is the word salvation used in a broad sense in that manner, it's also used in regards to that of spiritual rescue of course as I said earlier normally when we uh, think of that statement that Jonah made Jonah said salvation is of the Lord we think of that of salvation as far as a spiritual uh, salvation and truly spiritual salvation is of the Lord deliverance from that of sin from its consequences is indeed of the Lord Now, here in our text, Paul writes, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, and not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Your own salvation. Your own salvation. Now salvation spiritually speaking. It is spoken of. Spiritually. Deliverance from that of sin. Deliverance from that of sins. Guilt and penalty. Initially. Salvation is also spoken of. As that of. Deliverance from sin's power in Scripture is also spoken of with regards to that of deliverance from yet that of the wrath to come. Doctrinally, we have that of justification, we have that of sanctification, and we have that of glorification. Those three words, doctrinally speaking and setting forth that of the three tenses of salvation. Now, Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 3, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For his written curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Here we have salvation from that of sin's penalty, deliverance from the power of sin. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 10 who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. We could say that Paul there in that verse speaks of all three tenses of salvation. Deliverance from that of so great a death that of the penalty of sin so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us deliver us that is deliver us from not only the power of sin but the presence of it also your own salvation. So the words salvation there, it speaks of that of spiritual salvation. It's what Paul there is speaking of when he says work out your own salvation. Now, in our text, the main focus is not on that initial Salvation, that is that initial deliverance from that of sin's penalty, but rather Paul here speaks of that of that deliverance from that of the power of sin, from that of his power within us. Work out your own salvation with fear and but before we go there, I want to emphasize here that Paul is speaking of a personal salvation. Your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. And the reason why I emphasize this is because there is a tendency that has come to pass where there are many who believe that what Paul speaks of here it has to do with that of the church as a whole here in this text. It does have that of bearing upon that of the whole church but it goes all the way down to that of the individual itself. In other words, Paul may, and he is, he's addressing the church as a whole here, and yet, beloved, he's also addressing that of each individual that makes up that of the whole. Salvation is personal. Note the pronoun. Work out your own Your own salvation. Your own salvation. Your initial salvation is personal. It has to do with that of you. And you alone. It has to do with that of you and that of your sin and your sin alone. It has to do with that of sin's penalty and that of its consequence and that of the penalty and the consequence for you. It has to do with that of deliverance for you salvation is personal so when Paul here he writes work out your own salvation he's speaking of that of your own personal salvation is what he is speaking of here. when we leave this world, when death comes, nobody here upon the earth will come with us when we go through the valley. That valley of death is the valley of death that is ours. We leave this world to go out into eternity. To face God. Your own salvation. Paul speaks up here. Work out your own salvation. The word, or the words work out, it comes from that of a Greek word which means to bring about or to produce or create. Uh, that may seem strange. What does Paul mean when he says work out your own salvation? We've always pointed, already pointed out to you, beloved, that Paul here is not speaking of that aspect of salvation as far as the penu- deliverance from sin's penalty. And we would say to you, we don't work for salvation. But Paul is speaking of that aspect of salvation that has to do with that of sanctification, that of our deliverance from that of sin's power. That of our lives being set apart more unto God. We go to a gym for a workout. There's effort that takes place there at the gym. And we we'll go there for a workout. Anyone going to the gym for a workout, they're going without a purpose or without an aim in mind. And the effort has to do with that of something that we want to complete. Or we want to we want to Aim at. Reach. The idea here in that of the word that Paul uses, work out your own salvation, with fear and trembling, that word work out, it has to do with that of bringing, bringing to its completion. Bringing to a completion work out your own salvation you can't you can't do that of a workout unless you go and there's effort so what i'm saying to you is, is that what paul speaks of here takes that of effort it takes out of effort Another way that we would set before you is out of a garden. A pastor used to always use this as an example. He would say you can't work out out of a garden unless you have a garden. Well, likewise with out of salvation. You're not going to be able to work out your own salvation unless you have salvation. Salvation is not going to be manifested unless it is a reality. Paul wrote, For by grace are you saved through faith that and that not of yourselves as is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Salvation is unto good that of good works. The ultimate goal is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Paul here is calling, calling to Paul and the saints at Philippi to pursue, to give themselves over to that goal. Work out your own salvation. Yes, it implies that of work on our behalf. But you note down in verse 13 Paul writes, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. i believe as we would think about it that perhaps paul here in making this latter statement here he looks back to that of what he had written back in that of the first chapter verse 6 for his god which works in you both to will or being confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work and you will perform it until the day of jesus christ There, Paul was speaking of that work of of grace. And here, Paul, he says, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Beloved, God begins the work and He keeps on working in us. He gives us a will to do His work and not only does he give us a will to do that work, to be conformed to the image of his dear Son, a desire to be the beloved, he gives that of the grace to do so, also. And you might wonder, well, what does that, what does that involve? I honestly believe that Peter gives us the answer, or a fuller answer. Second Peter chapter one, and we'll begin with verse three, where Don read from. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust and beside this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge to knowledge temperance If you do these things, you shall never fall, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here, Peter, he writes to the saints and he calls upon them to add to their faith various graces. There's more graces than that of which Paul speaks of here that are found in that of the New Testament for us to add. What does it mean to add? Add to our faith. One writer said it means to exercise that faith. Exercise that faith. Add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. And the knowledge temperance. Temperance. Patience. Patience. Godliness. Exercising your faith by exercising those very graces. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, Paul wrote. Working out your own salvation, beloved, is that of practicing that of the Word of God in your life. It's obeying obeying the Word of God in your life. seeking to be conformed to the image of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. (coughs) I had another question that I had written down earlier, but I removed it. But I'll make mention of it. My question is: Is when? When are we to work out our own salvation with fear and Paul here, as he writes, as he writes to the Philippians, he says, "My beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now, now much more in my absence. Now." Work out your own salvation. Beloved, that answer would be now. Now work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How should it be done? With fear and trembling. Not fear and trembling of losing one's salvation. But the idea here is that of awe and reverence in that of the presence of God. Realizing, beloved, that we live our life. We live our life. And beloved, it's in the presence of God. God sees and knows everything about us. So in closing, work out your own salvation. Your own salvation. First and foremost, what about your own salvation? Are you saved? Do you have salvation? Do you have salvation from sin and its penalty? And then, secondly, is that salvation being manifest? Manifest by that of you walking in the steps that God has revealed in His Word that His children should walk in. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. All right, on the back of your bulletin, we have an old hymn. i
1: this table. Lord, that you would help us, Lord. You. Your older ages to retain taken Lord, that you would bless, Lord, God for our hearts. Thank you for choice, of the choice and for those who gave them. and you for blessing for you, now, so you would with heart, us, Lord, our you pray, Lord, that you would our Lord, our weaknesses. Lord, give stroke. Lord, do for the So to go to she will with us. Was with us. part, as Was to. Was to. Was your Was to.